You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Charlie! Charlie Robinson! 
Robinson, it's not you. It couldn't be. How'd you know my name? Oh, typical. <laughs> typical Charlie to be riding a white horse. What do you mean? Always riding off in some strange direction. Your banner flies. Uh, look, why, why don't you explain yourself? Well, I'll try to as soon as this merry-go-round stops. Phew. Hey, that is some unusual power you have. Now, make yourself into an expert American. 
from Texas. Yeah, it's all very well for you to tell me. But what about the Earth female called Mary? If you cannot carry off your disguise and your orders, you will be recalled. In disgrace. Oh, I plead my case, would you? I'd give anything to return to Tycho. I will report your wish, but don't expect much consideration until you have served your time. At night, I look out of my window up at the stars and I cry. Somewhere out there is my homeland. A thousand light years afar, or a million, who knows? I don't. I'm so lonely. I hate the daily pretense to be Charles Robinson, to be always on my guard, to be living a lie. It's almost unbearable. Uh, hello? Tracked you down, didn't I? Who, who, who is this? Charlie Robinson. Don't give me that who is this routine. It's Mary, and you know it oh, is. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. I... I, I was just sitting here. Staring out the window, I bet. How did you know? Because, darling, you always used to. I did? If I didn't know you so well, I'd be insulted. After disappearing as you did, and then our accidental meeting on the merry-go-round, I'd think you'd be full of apologies. Apologies? For what? Are you continuing this pretense? I suppose you've forgotten you asked me to marry you. I did. You most certainly did. And uh, did did I marry you? <laughs> Very funny, aren't you? Hello. Hello. I didn't bother to knock. So this is where you live. Well, don't you think this charade has gone far enough? Mary, I am being honest with you. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't remember marrying me? You don't remember our honeymoon? You don't remember disappearing two years ago? Tell me more about myself. There's not that much to tell. What are you trying to make me believe? You have amnesia? Please tell me about myself, whatever you know. Okay. If that's the way you want to play it. You had a good job here in Houston in space research. We went on our honeymoon to the Solar Disturbance Forecast Center in Colorado. We came home. You disappeared. No one ever saw you again. Solar Disturbance Center, huh? <laughs> I had no idea you all were that far advanced in cosmic investigation. Charlie, how can you look me in the face and say this is all news to you? If that blank expression is your way of avoiding responsibilities, you've got another thing coming. Look, I'm willing to be nice about all this, but you'd better remember real hard that you are married. Jarva? Yes, Sarah? What is the latest you report? I'm married to an Earth woman two years ago. Was that necessary for your research? You don't understand. I've been given a body identical to someone called Charles Robinson who, who lived on Earth two years ago and disappeared. I know. You knew all along and never warned me? We didn't wish to impede your research. Well, what am I going to do? Be friendly up to a point. You are to make friends with more Earthlings. You have been given a 30-year-old body. Get to know Texas people. Do 
straight-jacketed into the body of a human with human memories and speech. For those of you who have made Mystery Theater a listening habit, know that that could also be... And so thinks Charlie, since my assignment is to observe the Earth species in their native habitat, I'll begin by switching on a television set. Concludes our interview with science fiction writer Joshua Pride, whose last year's bestseller has just come out in paperback. Mr. Pride, have we left out anything we ought to mention? Uh, nothing really, uh, except if you don't mind, since I'm here to plug my book, I'd like to mention again the name of my novel is Tycho's World. What? What did he say? Certainly. Tycho's World. Remember, though. Which takes us to a planet of non-mortals who are eons advanced in their civilization. Thank you. Our program is Other World. Our guest today, author Joshua Pride. Jarva? Jarva, can you hear me? Yes, Sarah. This is Jarva. Why do you call me? I, I just turned on a Houston, Texas television channel, and, and they were interviewing a science fiction writer. Now, this writer has written a book called Tycho's World, and supposedly about our world. You must be mistaken, Sarah. Are you certain? I am very sure, but how could he know what earthling would have any idea? Uh, well, someone's at the door. Who is it, Jarva? Probably that female Mary. Answer her. Yeah, hold, hold on a second, Mary. I'll be right there. What do I do about this man who calls himself Joshua Pride, this writer? We leave that to you. If he's dangerous to your mission, you'll know what steps to take. Coming. Oh, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. I, I was watching television. I... I didn't hear you. I was beginning to get worried. Can, can I come in? Sure, why not? Why are you here, Mary? Uh, I've come to apologize. For what? For running out on you the other day. Remember? You were going to communicate with your control in another world. I I got scared. I thought you... I thought you were crazy. And what do you think now? That you need me. Now look, Mary, something has happened. I, I just saw something on television, and I need your help. There's, there's somebody I've got to know more about. Of course I'll help. And you can do something for me. For both of us, really. What? Well, I found out today something I never knew. The space project you were working on two years ago when you disappeared was headed up by a, a, a Dr. Latrobe, a, a genetic studies project. Do you remember him, Charlie? No, no, I don't. What are you getting at? Well, he never knew we were married. He called me today. He would like me to bring you to see him. Mary, I am not that Charles Robinson. He says he worked with you. I, I think maybe he could help straighten things out. Oh, all right, all right. I'll see him. But I want you to do something for me first. Anything, darling. There's a science fiction writer called Joshua Pride. I just saw him interview. Joshua Pride? Oh, of course. I took a creative writing class with him last year. He lives here in Houston. I want to meet him. It's very important. I'll do my best. But can I see him today? Uh, tomorrow? I, I have no idea. I, I, I'll go to talk to him. I, I, I'll find out what, when he can see us. Not us, Mary. Me. Alone. 
I have to see him alone. Do you understand? Mr. Pride, it, it was good of you to let me see you on such short notice. I, I, I didn't think you remembered me. Well, of course I did, Mary. For a former student, I'm always available. Besides, you sounded so distressed on the phone. What's on your mind? Well, two years ago, I married my husband. He was working at the Space Genetics Research Center. I, I didn't know that then. It, it, it was all so hush-hush. And then Charlie's parents died. And a day later, he disappeared. It just vanished. So I went out to work. And, well, as you know, last year, I thought I'd like to do more than just a nine-to-five secretarial job. So I, I took your writing course. Mm, you showed a great deal of promise. Have you kept up your writing? Well, I tried to. But that's not why I'm here. See, Charlie... My husband, he, he showed up the other day, but he's, he's different. He's not the same as I remember him, Mr. Pride. Uh -huh. For one thing, he, he, he must have injured himself because there's this long scar in the middle of his forehead, and, and, and he talks crazy. He says he doesn't remember me at all, that he wasn't even on Earth two years ago, that, that he's from somewhere else. Another planet. Do you know why he wants to see me? He didn't say. It would be a big favor to me if you would come. Well, I, I don't know, Mary. Let me think it over and I'll get back to you. You mean you won't? Well, I mean I have certain obligations to myself, others. If your husband is suffering from certain delusions, how could I blindly go ahead and meet him alone, as you say well, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. When Mary told me Joshua Pride was reluctant to meet with me, I knew something was wrong. He was either afraid for some reason, or he too was from my planet, Tycho. I consulted my control. Speak, Sarah. This so-called science fiction writer has not yet agreed to see me. Why do you say so-called? Because I am not sure he is what he claims to be. He could be from the far side of our planet because he's unlike us. I saw his face clearly on television, and he has no third eye or even the slightest scar of its removal. That means nothing. He could have had a better plastic surgeon than the one who removed your third eye. Why is he hesitating to meet me? Sarah, we have told you to deal with the problem. Don't get in touch again until you have. Is this disguised entity from our galaxy or... Even the far side of our planet has been sent to stop my work. He must be disposed of. I purchased a copy of his book, Tycho's World, and a revolver. Hello? M Mary Robinson? Mr. Pride, is that you? Yes, it is. Uh, look, I, I've, I've given a good deal of thought to your situation, but... I'm afraid I can't help. You don't mean you can't help, but that you won't. Well, whichever way you want to interpret it, to invite a, a complete stranger to my house for me to see it, and, well, let's let's put it this way, Mary, I, I, I just don't have the time. I'm sorry I asked you, Mr. Pride. I had no 
I have no alternative but to fire. No, don't, don't. If you don't. are from Tycho, a bullet won't dispose of you. You know that. I know that. Of course, if you are human, it means the end. Stop, Robinson. Yes, I, I, I am from Tycho. Yes, I, I've been assigned to, to spy on you. have gone on record with a proposition that there is no confirmed evidence that somewhere in any one of the billions of systems of stars, of nebulae, of clusters, of interstellar matter, that life superior to ours does not exist. Every day our monitors record unexplainable interruptions of light and radio waves. So do not discount the possibility of truth in what you are hearing. It could be. I shall return shortly with Act Three. As our story becomes more intricate, it also becomes more incredible. A creature arrives on Earth, the duplicate of a man who has disappeared, identical except for a third eye, which he has had surgically removed. The creature is called Charlie Robinson. He thinks like a man, yet often talks like a history book. He's controlled by a voice contained in a silver sphere. He has just shot a writer called Joshua Pride. Mary, what are you doing here so late? I had to see you, Charlie. I called and called, but you weren't here. I had to go out. I've made a date for us to see Dr. Latrobe. Who's that? Charlie. Earthlings, 
are digging their own graves. You don't realize it, but you are. We're not far from Dr. Latrobe's house. Uh, none of you realize is that your precious Earth belongs to the lowest scale of all terrestrial planets composed of silicates and metals. Right now, just a hundred yards more or so. Now, can you see his upstairs window through the trees, Charlie? It's lit. He's there. Jarva. I can't go without Jarva. I've, I've left her at my place. Come on, now don't No, stop. no, I have to go back. They'll find her and destroy her. Charlie, what are you talking about? I contact the Silver Sphere. Jarva, my control. It's my only way of communicating with my planet. I've got to go back. The police have your apartment surrounded. They're bound to. You can go back there and they'll capture you. Let me go back for you. You would? Charlie, you're my husband. I love you. I'd do anything for you. Now, where is that Silver Sphere? It's on the bookshelf to the right of my bed. Top shelf. I'll find it. Promise me not to move. You sit right there by that birch tree until I get back. Citizen of Tycho Brahe. 
Help me, Jarvis. Don't leave me on Earth alone. Mary, it's all over. They've abandoned me. Charles Robinson, will you put your hands up and come forward quietly? Oh, Mary. It's for your own good. Glad you're here, Mary. You know Joshua Pride. Yes, I do, Dr. Latrow. Hello, Mary. I understand Charlie's getting better every day. Yes, Robinson is improving greatly. Everything he imagined seems to be disappearing from his mind. Everyone's been so understanding from the beginning. The police letting you take Charlie to the hospital, Dr. Latrobe, to say nothing of you, Mr. Pride, not pressing charges. When Dr. Latrobe told me the bullets were blanks, I, <laughs> I didn't want to look silly. Besides, Robinson wasn't himself. It was amnesia, wasn't it? No doubt about it. What I don't understand is, is where did he get those wild ideas about coming from another planet? My fictional planet, in fact. I expect very soon it will all seem like a bad dream, if he remembers it. He's lucky. He won't, but I always will. Why so? Two years ago, when Charlie was working here, I found him in the laboratory one morning, unconscious. But why wasn't I told? Mary, we had no idea he was married. His parents had just died in an accident, and we thought he was alone in the world. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Yes, doctor. Yes, she's here. I'll send her right along. Thanks. I'm glad to hear it. That was Dr. Mercer, the neurophysicist in charge. He says, Mary, if you go down to his office and wait, you can have a visit with your husband. <laughs> had to be kept quiet, Mr. Pride. We were doing these top-secret genetic studies, so... So, when you found Robinson unconscious that morning, you couldn't bring him around? He came to a total amnesiac. How could we release him like that, knowing no one, not his own name or where he was from? Here, we had a man with a great brain capability, but no memory. So, we used him as a guinea pig. You're kidding. We programmed him, giving him memories, ambition, a reason for living. Well, how could you do that? Oh, my Lord, of course. You used my book. Tycho's World, exactly. And all the fictional characters in it. Robinson became one of them. It took months, but we instilled in his dormant cells who he was, where he came from, and what he had to do on Earth. Spy and report. We gave him the name Sora. Java, a character in your book, became his control. That explains it. We gave him a miniaturized tender receiver in a sphere he carried with him, which we monitored day and night. The scar on his forehead, which was really the result of a fall in the laboratory, became plastic surgery removal of a third eye. <sighs> I never thought when I invented that idea that someone would believe it. We monitored Charlie for almost two years, and during that time, he has been living in two worlds. I can't believe I'm hearing this, Dr. Littrobe. I'm appalled and, and very angry. To tamper with a man's brain, officially, no less, is the most criminal assault on a, on a human being that I can imagine. To make a man lose two years of his life, it, it's unforgivable. You don't understand. He'll be as good as new and never know it. But what for? Why? Would he have been better off to remain a mental vegetable? 
However, there was a reason. Probably the most important one any man could have today. Charlie, are you awake? It's me, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hope you're not angry with me. You really recognize me, don't you? Of course. I apologize for ending up in the hospital the first week we're married like this. You just get well, and we'll pick up where we left off. Tell you a funny thing, I've been trying to remember what happened. Was it last night or, or the night before my first back at Dr. Latrobe's lab? I, I, I know I was working late. Well, you didn't call me. I was getting worried. <laughs> What's the new bride going to think? I was standing at one of those lab tables to change a light bulb in the ceiling that had gone out. That, that's all I remember. I must have fallen and knocked myself out. <laughs> See the scar on my forehead? I really heal fast, don't I? Hey, you're in good shape, darling. And late trope's not mad at me for holding up the experiments. <laughs> How long have I been here? A day or... To... Nobody's mad at you, Charlie. Oh, old Mary, I'm getting awfully sleepy. They keep giving me these drugs, so I relax. Now I'll come back to the hospital. You better. I want to go home tomorrow. You have my word to keep it quiet. Why did you pull that mind indoctrination on Robinson? This government has reason to believe emissaries from other planets are at this very moment right here on Earth living among us, disguised as human beings. By programming Robinson, following his every move, we hope to learn something about the reasoning process of such a non-mortal person, a creature from outer space who is sent here and must deal with life in our world. Hmm. I don't know. Why not live and let live, Doctor? Because it's about time we found out whether in this vast universe... We have friends or enemies. We have given you a glimpse into a file marked Top Space Secret. As I said in the beginning, if this account were widely known, it might be a bit embarrassing to Uncle Sam. However, I'm confident if anyone can keep secrets, it's you. That scrupulous league of listeners to Mystery Theater. I shall return shortly. Show them your It's time to get away. Here we come, America. Show them your Show them your Taking a trip, whether you go by plane or car, around the country, around the world, show the world you carry Master Charge. Hey, they know clouds when they see it. Show them Given any reason why we must go, but apparently go we must. Let us see the 
CBS News, we call Bert Quint the fireman because he's best when the heat is on. The National Guard troops are going back now. It looks as though it's over, at least for the moment. Good evening. That's a strong front on Company, only on the CBS Evening News. Weeknights on the CBS Television Network. Every Christmas Eve when we were kids, we put a Whitman sampler by the fireplace for Santa. On Christmas morning, we'd run downstairs to see what chocolate Santa had eaten. Actual proof that he'd really been there. Well, it's become a family tradition. Now, my kids put a Whitman sampler by the fireplace every Christmas Eve. I think they're catching on to me, though, because Santa and I have the same taste in chocolates. Whitman, a Christmas tradition for 137 Christmases. Society that trusts the readouts of a computer rather than the readings of the human heart. Nobody can close his mind to the possibility that someday science may become the ultimate deity. So, as the facts become known to me, I shall continue to open secret doors to the universe so we may be forewarned of the mysteries of the future. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Carol Titel, Court Benson, and Gordon Heath. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant Think there's more to sports than just scores. Where uh, we can get close and uh, away from the grandstands and into where it's, it's really happening. When I go out and do a, uh, a little league competition, uh, if we're down close and talking to the people, that's the most, the most enjoyable. Watch an enjoyable sports cast. Join Mike at 6 and 10 on Channel 10. And this is KARZ in Phoenix, and we have CBS News coming up in uh, just a couple of seconds, uh, probably about now. CBS News, an anti-Castro group has claimed responsibility for a powerful bomb which rocked the Soviet UN mission in New York Tuesday night. This is Doug Poling reporting on the CBS radio network. The Cuban exile group Omega-7 called a news agency about 40 minutes after the blast to claim responsibility. A male voice said the group wanted to show its...